Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. If you like our podcast, I'd encourage you to check out our website, familybiblejourney.com. That's familybiblejourney, all lowercases, no spaces, dot com, where you can find links to our social, support the ministry, or find other resources, especially if you're journaling with us through the Bible. Thanks for listening. This is episode 22, season one of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament podcast. Today, looking at Genesis chapter 28, the title of today's podcast is The House of God. Our key verses, a very familiar Sunday school passage, I'm sure, to many of our listeners is from verses 10 to 17 of Genesis 28. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and lay it down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The word of the Lord. So Jacob takes off. He is sent to his uncle Laban to look for a wife. And along his way, he has a legendary encounter with God Almighty. We see in chapter 28, verse 3, that Isaac, despite the shenanigans and scheming of his younger son, blesses his son again. He says, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. So we have the first of many red kairos in this passage because that idea that this blessing is passing down from generation to generation and it is tied to a singular offspring. Anytime we see that promised offspring, we're thinking of Christ, the promised one who's going to take away the sins of the world. We're thinking back to the Garden of Eden. We're thinking to God's promise to Eve that he's going to give them a savior, a singular offspring. And so that promise is being handed down to the next generation with this blessing. He journeys north from Beersheba and he's heading up towards the Euphrates River that he's going to go then journey down southeast towards Haran. This is again this is a six, seven, eight hundred mile journey by foot and he stops to spend the night in what will become part of the northern kingdom of Israel and as the sun goes down he takes a stone, uses it as a pillow, doesn't sound like the most comfortable way to sleep to me, And we're told that he dreamt a dream, a dream of a ladder that was set up on the earth and at the top of it was heaven. And behold, the angels of God, verse 12, are ascending and descending on the ladder. And behold, verse 13, it says, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, God continues, 
I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. And so we pause our reading of the chapter. There aren't a lot of times when we get to read verse by verse like this through significant portions of our chapter because oftentimes just in the interest of getting through the Bible in three years we're combining chapters we're reading long chapters but this chapter is short enough that we're able to read many of the verses verse by verse and so we see that red Cairo up there in verse 4 we also see the red Cairo for those of you who are journaling through the Bible in verse 12 at the ladder we see it again in verse 13 where offspring the promised offspring or if you want to say the offspring of promise is mentioned verse 14 we see it again verse 15 and then again at verse 17 where jacob declares this to be the house of god and so we've already talked about every single place that red cairo is in the column as a marker of the promised offspring but i want to stop and think about that verse 17 because the Cairo was there because Jacob calls this the house of God. We want to make it absolutely clear that it isn't this particular place that is the place of promise. No, it is the promise itself that is the blessing. And this house of God, the idea of this house of God, there is no tabernacle yet. The temple hasn't been built in any of its two or three different forms. But this house of God, in my reckoning, is a reference to the presence of God in the place where God dwells with his people. And so we think of this house of God then as not so much a literal place, but rather God's presence. And we know that one of the names that the angels say will be ascribed to Mary's son Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And God dwells with his people throughout the pages of Holy Scripture. We can be jealous of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they got to see God face to face, that they got to hear his voice. But we have so much more that they didn't even have. They didn't even know the name of God. They didn't know who the promised son or the son of promise was going to be. But they did know God's abiding and preserving presence that was always with them. And these theophanies, these God visions or these appearances of God, they were what these men hold on to and held on to as wonderful signs and reminders of his presence even when they weren't maybe immediately aware of God's presence. Jacob calls this the house of God. This is the first time that God himself has appeared to him, but he's going to appear to him in other times and other places. But it is that presence of God that his people are keenly aware of that is the focus of this promise. And that is what we want to take away from this passage. I've been to Bethel. It's just north of modern-day Jerusalem, it's in a place that isn't always easy to get to. And sadly, living in the divided age that we live in, where the promised land is partitioned and divided, and there's a hundreds mile long wall that divides the West Bank from much of the rest of Israel, this is one particular place that has been a hotbed for violence. and is a place where it isn't always the safest place to go. But having been there a couple of times, I can tell you it is awesome and it's great. But it's not so spectacular that it in some way trumps everywhere else in the Holy Land. No, it's, it's a hill. It's a, a hillside that is 
known for what happened here in this episode, but that's about it. There are some settlements around. It's a it's a pretty cramped place, especially for those who are living in the refugee camp that is close by. And, and so this place has no particular significance in and of itself other than the promise that was there and the reminder of God's presence that was made manifest there to Jacob in this story. But Jacob is so awed by having this conversation with God that he takes that stone that he'd used for a pillow, he puts it upright, and he makes wonderful promises to God. And so we're going to read the rest of the chapter, beginning in verse 18, verse by verse. It says, Early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And the stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a full tenth. And so the passage ends with Jacob making mighty promises to God. Now, I, I think it's kind of funny or maybe just human that a lot of these promises have conditions attached to them. When I come back, if I have food to eat, if I have clothes to wear, if you bring me back in peace, then I will worship you. No, that's not the kind of conditional love that we as God's children should be exhibiting to him. But even though Jacob's faith is an imperfect faith, it is a very real faith and it is a true faith. And it is a faith that is clinging to this God who has made him wonderful promises to prosper him, to prosper his children, to bless his family, and to make him a blessing. It is the promise of God that has created the faith more than the faith that's going to hold on to that promise of God. But we're going to see both play out in the course of of Jacob's life. Jacob has made some very real and very powerful enemies in his brother in particular. He's also going to make enemies where he's going to go. His deceiving ways are going to follow him and he's not going to stay forever on good terms with the people that he's going to go to live with. And so this Jacob has many enemies. He wrestles. It seems like he causes conflict. I don't know if you know anybody who has a tendency to cause conflict, but those people are out there and they're just really, 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 really good at getting other people riled up and causing conflict, even in places that there normally isn't any conflict. Jacob seems to be one of those people. He is a conflict causer. He's someone who causes conflict. He's not a peacemaker. He's someone who brings division. And it, part of it is the way that he is. Maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe he just can't help himself. I don't know why it is. But whatever it is, he causes conflict. And that conflict is going to follow him everywhere he goes. But God is still going to be faithful. God is going to keep his promises. God is going to bless him. God is going to prosper him. And we are going to see how God keeps these promises and how Jacob, through the faithfulness of God, ends his life as a very faithful man who is going to be a tremendous blessing to many, even as he is to us. Imperfect as he may be, a wonderful blessing to us as we get to see his struggling and his striving, not only with man, but also with God and find ourselves often, like it or not, filling his shoes, finding ourselves like Jacob, holding on to those promises that God has made us, even and especially when we are our own worst enemy and sometimes being the cause and the reason for our own suffering. We conclude our podcast with a blessing. 
this podcast is a blessing to you and you would like to make a financial investment in our ministry, go to the website, familybiblejourney.com, where you can make a one-time contribution or, even better yet, become one of our monthly sponsors. I receive zero compensation from this podcast because it is 100% a labor of love for you. 90% of your donation goes to our cause and 10% a tithe to other ministries we support. All contributions are tax deductible. And as always, thank you for your investment and thanks for listening. Our blessing for today. May the God of Jacob bless and preserve you as you follow him in faith so that you may persevere as Jacob did. Looking forward to seeing how God will keep his promises to you. Amen.